This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southey. Call it dedication, call it insanity, but Roscoe's here. I got home from work 10 minutes ago, uh, worked since 10 a.m. this morning, but here we are because we got to give you what you come here for. But don't worry. I, uh, <laughs> I'm the only one that didn't get the game. So Beaner and Darty, thank you for joining me tonight to fill the people in. We've got questions. Thank you so much for sending those in and a couple things to talk about. Welcome to Leafs Late Night. How you guys doing? <laughs> oh, not, not too bad. So um, just before we get into this, I just got a, it's not a question, but it's a great Bobby Gosh at uh, Bobby Gosh 98. Fuck Boston. Yeah, boy. Fuck Boston. We win. <laughs> so all those in favor um, say uh, say I. <laughs> so this was fun because um, every time there's a game on while Sadie and I are at work, like in between takes, because uh, we work in film, we're shooting a Hallmark movie Christmas as usual. And uh, so in between takes, when people score, we'll be like running to each other to like either show each other our phone in silence or we'll just like yell across set like Riley scored. It's like, yes. <laughs> so we're just known as like the annoying Leaf fans on set. But funny enough, when we were, I always wear a Leaf hat on set. And uh, everyone just knows me as a Leaf fan. I'm in Ottawa, by the way. So it's it's a little, it, I stand out. So today I had a background actor ask me, um, <clears throat> hey, are you, are you like a Leafs fan or is that just a hat? And I was like, oh, no, I'm very much a Leafs fan. And I actually have a podcast. And he goes, shut up. I do too. I'm like, wait, what? So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, out of nowhere, I end up finding this new um, guest that we're going to bring on, obviously. So this is Glutton for Punishment podcast, shout out, um, led by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. So uh, we're hopefully going to get those guys on. That'll be fun. We'll hop on over to theirs. But uh, yeah, Ottawa-based Leaf podcast. We are not alone. <laughs> I like how you asked you that question. Like... Like you're some girl wearing a Nirvana t-shirt. Did you <laughs> name your name, right? name your five best Leafs right now? You true Leafs fan? <laughs> yeah, I know how Steph feels now with the bar. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so um, Leafs open scoring. Colin Blackwell, out a boy. So uh, before I let Justin tell us about the goal itself, um, I'm just going to shout out everybody because that's the kind of night I'm having. Also, uh, I'm in talkative mode because I talk all day at work. So. Strap in. God damn it, uh, Leafs land legend at Josh Belief. Did you guys know Colin Blackwell is the first forward acquired uh, near the deadline or at the deadline to score with the Leafs in the regular season during the Matthews, Marner, Nylander era? Ouch, but awesome. Is that, it, I mean, Beaner, unless you can come up with one that did. It would make sense because Felino was basically garbage once we got him last year. Nash, um, same deal. Nash, same. Boyle, same. Placanic, same. So, yeah, it makes yep. sense. <laughs> wow, that feels hey, good. Well, Placanic play- scored in the playoffs. Sorry, I'll give him that. He did score in the playoffs. He did. So, uh, Beaner, how did this one go? How did it look? Well, Swayman pulled a me and didn't stay in his net. <laughs> um, went behind the net, <laughs> went behind the net to play it, and Clifford came in and forced the forecheck a little bit, which caused the defenseman to cough it up to Spezza. Spezza 
or Blackwell was coming in to kind of go into the corner to dig for it, read the play, adjusted on the fly, went out front for a tip and just tipped in a nice pass from vintage. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <clears throat> so um, then David Pasternak gets the power play goal. Um, I know that Mr. Morazic left, but he did. This was his first one against, right? He let this one in before he left. Yeah. Okay. So um, Peter, what happened here? Pasta, like, and even even all night, like to to get a little ahead of myself here. Shalgren got kind of lucky a couple times with Pasta um, hitting the post. Even Marshawn hit a, a post or two. So the Leafs were on the penalty kill, and the Bruins were passing around quite a bit. Couple passes over to Pasta, and he just had kind of a a little fake, not really a fake slap shot, but he fell down to one knee like Brett Hall would have. And he not, not fake, almost phantom. Like he didn't hammer it like he normally does. It was a little bit easier, but on the power play from the Ovechkin circle and one, one. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, any uh, dangerous chances from the PK on this one? Like we've seen. Um, nothing crazy. Um, it, it's that being said, Marner was all over the place tonight and everybody, I don't know if if Darty got into everybody's heads, but everyone was hitting tonight. <laughs> yeah, like we had thirty five from Boston, twenty seven from Toronto. That's a lot. Yeah, and I, those might even be a little low on both sides, to be honest. Engvall was all over the place. Even Mikheyev was getting into it. Marner had a couple tiny ones. Blackwell was all over the place. Now, just looking through here at the penalties, there were four in the first period alone. Uh, the first one here on, that resulted in this power play goal, bunting two minutes for tripping. Was it a legitimate two minutes for tripping, or was this some BS we've been seeing? That one, I actually missed the replay because I had to check on my son. No worries. So Good dad. A little bit of a, Good dad little, little bit of a dad moment there. Um but judging by the way the rest of the game went, I would hazard a guess that it wasn't legitimate. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so uh, what happens first? Mrazek leaves or Riley scores? Uh, Mrazek leaves. Okay, Mrazek leaves. What happened? It really didn't look like much. Um, the Bruins were in the zone and passing it back and forth, and Mrazek, he had gone down the butterfly a couple times, sliding across the crease, and he stood up after one of them and just he did that kind of hop on one leg and signaled to the bench. So he, he tweaked something as he was sliding through the crease. It wasn't like it was a crazy stretch split save or anything like that. You're saying he so pulled his groin. groin well, that's what <laughs> everybody's saying. It, it, is, you know, it, happens. it definitely was groin. It was groin. That's the groin. It's always groin with Mrazek. 100% was groin. <laughs> that's a shout out to our old uh, code word groin. <laughs> Don't send us that. I have no more things to give away right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um Tavares <coughs> Tavares Nylander to Willie or sorry Tavares Nylander to uh, Riley for the second Leafs goal. He had know. groin on the brain that's why I said Willie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean t- uh just sorry before we do this asterisk we did not talk last uh, show about the fact that Nylander was demoted to the third line. And I feel like that was a huge thing we missed and I apologize that we didn't talk about that but uh because we I mean we were talking about how rough he was playing so it seems like we should have mentioned that. Sorry, Steph. I know you were probably screaming, listening to the show, saying, talk about it. <laughs> I'm need you back from COVID protocol. Get well soon. Yeah, we got to be better. That way she doesn't scream so she can get her voice back properly. Uh, that's true. 
So, um, was he still playing? I mean, if he's with Tavares there for this goal, was he on the third line or did they put him back up? He had started down there and then he kind of, there was a lot of line juggling. I'm mostly okay. with the D tonight, obviously with the, the injuries, but, um, so yeah, JT's coming through center ice, crosses the blue line, nice protection of the puck as he kind of gets hit a little bit, flips it up to Nylander who's flying in on the wing. And then Willie just, he put his head down and outworked everyone. Hey, he good. pulled, he pulled a, I, it always reminds me of Rick Nash from his Columbus days, just put his head down and right to the front of the net. And then it, um, Swayman made the save. He went behind Tavares with a little back pass and Riley had snuck in from the point and just buried it past Swayman. Oh, beautiful. I mean, it's nice to hear that Nylander's putting in some work. I think being on the third line, really, uh, that, that sounded some bells. I think they took him off PP one too. So That'll send he, a message. He was back on PP1 tonight. Good. See, um, I was listening to Overdrive, and uh, they mentioned that it's um, pulling him off. Like, you you can, you can gave him the extension. You've given him the, the contract and everything. You put him with John Tavares. You can only give so much before you hit a point where you have to take things away to send a message. Like, you can only encourage better play so far until it's like, okay, you got to start taking things away if you want to see a change. And I think 100%. that's what we hit and it worked. So. Wait, doesn't he never seems like the kind of player that that's like kind of like a spoiled brat or anything. I think he just kind of had his head up in the clouds a little bit. And that's why like, I think maybe that third line, I don't think it, you know, sometimes you worry about dropping some guy to a third line. You, you hurt his ego, you hurt his confidence, but I feel like for Willie, it's like, here's a challenge. Like, you know, we're giving you this little bit to work with. And if you show that you can work with this, then boom, you're back up. Exactly. Like, he seems like the kind of guy who would take it, you know, as a positive, right? Look, just learning experience. Let's get better. So, um, 1844. So about a minute and 16 left Kerfoot unassisted. How'd that go? Yes. So Boston was in the Toronto zone and I believe it was Taylor Hall went to pass it back to Connor Clifton. Clifton wind up for a slap shot and, um, Kerfoot blocked it standing up We're off the shin pads and bounced off his shin pads right out to center ice for a breakaway. a boy. And and just out-hustles him. Out-hustles Clifton back to the puck. And Deke Swayman out just gets it past his toe. Hard, hard bite. Pretending to go to the backhand. Came back forehand and just slid it by. Nice. Damn. So uh, 3-1 is the end of the first period. Did the, uh, did the Leafs actually play that much better than Boston to show the score? Um, I'd say puck possession-wise. Um, and it, it, it was chippy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kept continuously growing all game. You could kind of feel it. And thankfully the outcome was different, but it almost had a 2013 vibe to it. Gotcha. I would say and like so the Leafs Shalgren... definitely fin- out finessed Boston. And that's where yep. you expected, um, Boston as they did to come out with, okay, so we're going to, we're going to start pounding you now. And that's where you can lead into <laughs> the pounding. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> anything, anything crazy happened that I might've not gotten an update on while getting Sportsnet updates. The game was blacked out. I was even trying to watch it on my phone and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid man. Maybe you shouldn't live in Ottawa. Um, Ugh. But <laughs> Sorry. so much film work. So there wasn't anything too crazy right off the hop, like your your typical Marchand garbage. Um, 
And I love that he actually ended up getting a 10 in this at the end of the second, but Good. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Rat energy. And yeah, he was he was trying to drag Tavares into it, cross-checking him early and often. Um, a lot of little kidney shots from Marshawn to, to JT. But the Leafs did what they need to do against a team like this. They didn't back down from that stuff, but they made sure they played their game. Um, I just got a one thing I want to touch on for the first looking at the penalties here. Michael Bunting had two penalties in the first eight and a half minutes of the game. Um, I know we've talked about this, like he's going to draw a penalty a game. That's fine. But like two and eight minutes is a little not so no. Well, the, the unsportsmanlike with Craig Smith, um, it's, it kind of, that kind of stuff was going on all night, right? Like even in the, was it late second or third when him and McAvoy were over in the corner and Bunting ended up getting a penalty when realistically you could have called both of them. Like it, yeah. It, it, oh, they the did refs, both get, uh-huh. yeah, sorry. Craig and, and Bunting both got, uh, unsportsmanlike. And, and that's when we were playing yeah. the four oh. on four, right? Or yeah. Yeah. right. Okay. So I did yeah. hear there was four on four. I checked Twitter to try and get some updates, but, uh, just a note. So Bunting getting two and eight and a half minutes is not the worst that has happened this week. Did you guys hear what Evander Kane did? Please edify us on this topic. <laughs> so Evander, this is from uh, Jason Greger. This was last night. Evander Kane has taken four minor, pe- minor penalties in the last eight minutes and 47 seconds. I'm sorry, what? So coincidental <laughs> roughing at 19 minutes and six seconds of the second period comes out of the box at 106 um, of the third. Then interference call at 138. Exits the box at 338 because no one scored. Then gets called for tripping a minute uh, later at 432. Exits the box at 632 because no one scores and gets called again for tripping uh, 15 seconds later, 647. Evander Kane is in one. (laughs) Valuable addition to the team. Like... Valuable addition to the penalty box. Oh my god, <laughs> he's not a long-term contract. I hope to God for Oilers fans. At least they were able to kill most of those. Holy! Also, did you see um, Drysaddle got a hat trick? But was he uh, a mi- he got a hat trick and an assist, and he was a minus four. Yeah, <laughs> bro, how do you manage that? That's I, amazing. I, honest, I honestly don't think that has ever happened before. No, that's pretty bad. Um, so, okay, Coilers so second hockey. period, Ilya Labushkin gets a penalty on uh, Brad Marchand oh, for yeah. interference. Rat energy there. That's what I was going to bring up with Bean. Is that to, like what I didn't get to see it, but I heard it from Bowen, and uh, he he was salty. But again, like he's a bit of a homer. So what's the what's the scoop on that? Was it was it uh, Marchand up to his old tricks again, playing a little uh, you know fairy tale uh, in front of the um, in the front of the stripes? Yeah, that wasn't. That was garbage. Um, I actually surprised they called an interference. I thought they called it tripping, but uh, Labushkin and Marshawn were battling out front of the net, and it just it continued in behind the net. And Marshawn basically situated himself so that it, unless Labushkin literally stayed still and he was kind of hunched over, that there was no way he wasn't going to get a penalty. Ugh, the stick was like, yeah, it, it, like an NBA it, foul, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that one are... you can't blame the refs. Okay, Leafs are able to kill it, and uh, 28 seconds after, Mitch Marner scores his 28th of the season. Somebody, this happens so much, the numbers just line up, it's fantastic. So uh, Bunting and Matthews set him up. This first line just is on fire. 
Yeah, and it it was kind of similar to the play that didn't work against the Panthers with Matthews skating in on the right and a nice little backhand drop pass over to the other side to Marner, and Marner just saw, actually buried it. And I heard it was a slap shot from the update. It was. Is his slap shot, knee. like, Southern and I were talking about this at work, is it becoming a threat? I think I think it uh, it kind of is like a full drop to one knee Stamco slap shot. It's beautiful. Like this is a when did he level up and unlock this skill tree? Like did <laughs> did Mitch Marner respec or something and and go into the the he finally got <laughs> enough coins skill you know? tree? Yeah, man, it feels like he had to like completely clear one of his trees and go into another stat for that. Like, you know what? You know what he did do is that he probably took away some stats from uh, the tic tac toe area because he likes to play tic tac tic tac and do a little cat's you know snake eye or whatever, cat's eye whatever it's called in tic tac toe where you can't win. Because what's going on there with uh, just like they just like to play patty cake with the puck and then you kind of like. Like just take the shot, I, take the shot. I was, I was gonna ask about this. I saw so many tweets of just take the shot. Oh my god, take the shot! Somebody shoot. Yeah, what? Happened? Yeah, Marner, Marner and Bunting had uh, a two, basically a two on zero, and it was similar to what was it a week ago or so when Marner and Matthews did that, yeah. and they just passed it too many times. Oh my god. Well, that's what happens when one of them is not Matthews. It's like, wait, do I shoot it in this situation or do you? It's hot potato, like, hot potato. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't want so, it. You take it. So what was the penalty here? Oh, my God. Charlie Coyle goes to the box for holding the stick. And Justin Hull, Hall goes for hooking at the same time. Served by Jason Spezza. Like, what the hell happened here? So this, they were battling out front of the net. And Coyle had held Hall's stick to the point that it knocked Hall off balance and he fell. And then as he fell, there was a slap shot from the point and it literally hit Hall in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. So, and it didn't look good cause he instantly started leaking blood. Oh no. Um, needless to say, he did not come back. Um, Fuck. I there was a lot. That. Yeah, there was, I, I, I hope it's just a superficial cut as to why he was leaking, mm-hmm. but there was, considering it hit his helmet and it didn't hit at like physically him that was a concerning amount of blood yeah. jesus and did labushkin go down too yes labushkin did go down yes oh god he got okay, uh, cheap happened? shot by uh by the other hall the <laughs> the one we don't like okay so yes. yeah that's the next penalty taylor hall two minutes for roughing on Ilya labushkin how does a two minute roughing call two minutes two games all right if he doesn't get two games just just on principle i'm gonna be pissed all right i know he's not gonna get it but like come on he won't so labushkin it at first live action it looked like a really nice hit on on taylor hall over against the boards right basically right in front of the penalty boxes um and then when you see it from the reverse angle Eh, Hall turned at the last minute and Labushkin kind of got him by the numbers. So I could see why when Taylor Hall got up, he was seeing red. And then he, it was almost like a Bertuzzi on Steve Moore punch. Oh no. Not, not as severe, obviously, but he, like from that angle from behind. And to me, it looked like he just caught him right in the ear. So I'm hoping that maybe he just got his bell rung a little bit and it wasn't anything major, but he was on the ice for a while, and the way he skated off didn't look good. Boston's asking for it, man. Oh, boy. The, the, the fact that you put Clifford in this game, and aside from a couple 
poorly executed attempts at checking Hall. And then at, uh, I think he was going after McAvoy a couple times, just nothing major, just some, some body checks, which he failed on. Clifford didn't look great tonight. And if he can't do that against Boston, I don't really see what the point of Kyle Clifford on the team is then. No, I, exactly. There's no point. Okay, so Taylor Hall goes off. Austin Matthews scores the power play goal from JT and Marner. <clears throat> Can I just for a second, Marner's uh, 48th assist, Tavares's 41st, and Matthews' 49th goal? Oh my good God. <laughs> the 40 mils are in the 40s. These, these are elite <laughs> I players. I see what you did there. These are like, there was never a doubt about this. I know we, we like to laugh at them sometimes when they make horrible mistakes or they don't mesh well or something goes wrong with the entire team. But like, like do not ever forget that these guys are fucking elite and they're absolute beauties. Shout out to Luke Mann because he wanted me to say it, by the way. I didn't say beauty in the last episode and he wanted me to say beauty. You're a beauty. These guys are beauties. There you go. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've gone too late night for Luke Mann. Um, so sorry, this is not a with the kids podcast. <laughs> um, so David Kampf gets it his ninth of the year to make it six one for Morgan Riley. Holy shit! Forty seven seconds after the power play goal, it was six one. Yeah. That was a, a nice high high slot tip, and uh, Swayman was trying to attempt to say that it was tipped too high, but it was basically at Comp's hip. So there was Sucks to no suck. way. Yep, exactly. Okay, so uh, Jake DeBrusque, with just uh, about a minute and 40 left, makes it 6-2 to end the period. It's never a good thing to give the last goal up in the period, especially when it's even at 6-2, because we saw it happen with the Ottawa game at 5-1. It's like, this is how shitty comebacks start. Mm. So, uh, So this one, I'm kind of surprised that Keith didn't attempt to challenge this. Really? Um, maybe that's just me because we have seen so many different varying degrees of goal or no goal with results or with regards to kicking. So DeBrusque was skating across basically at the face-off dots. And as he came across, McAvoy shot from the point and DeBrusque used his trailing leg, his right leg, to and he aimed it back and kind of pushed back as the puck hit his skate. I feel like they could have won that challenge. Right now with the score being what it was, maybe it was the safer bet not to try. Maybe. So he uses like rear leading rear skate to kind of bat it in. Like, yep. And kind of in behind. Is he like Ronaldinho or something? What is this guy? Like (laughs) this is a soccer move. Okay. Right after that is uh, the bunting McAvoy unsportsmanlike offsetting penalties. What what happened at the end of this period? Because this isn't the last thing. It so, got uh, greasy. Bunt, yeah, the, um, the puck was going into the corner and bunting came in and hit McAvoy as the puck was coming there. And then when McAvoy got up to go after him, they just kind of both jawed at each other. Excuse me. Um, bunting got a stick a little high, not... Matthew suspension high, but a little high. <laughs> Some may okay. refer to it as an entanglement. So <laughs> they both got unsportsmanlike conduct, though. It wasn't for anything in particular. Yeah, I think the refs were attempting to try and, and kind of calm everything down. It was pretty wild in the arena. Like, I don't know, like, because I didn't see it, but I heard it. And uh, 
Bowen was biting his nails and uh, you could just tell like it was it was looking a little scary there. Like this was a playoff game, as I assumed it would be. <laughs> it was a little malice in the TD palace. You know? Yeah, 34 penalty minutes in a regular season game. Holy shit. And nobody believed me. Well, not you guys. You guys you guys were all like, Darty, we're going to take you up on this one. But I spoke to a lot of Leafs fans on the streets. They're like, oh, no, don't worry. Boston won't play like this. They they got to get they got to make up some points. They you know, they, they want to stay out of the box. I was like, no, this is the only time for them to beat the shit out of the Leafs without losing players forever. You know, like, <laughs> OK. And at the 20 minute mark, Brad Marchand gets a 10 minute misconduct. What the hell did he do? Being a so. Rat. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> right at the end of the period, Tavares was coming over the blue line and Marchand kind of Marchand and Bergeron were both there and they kind of knocked him off the puck. And then as he was skating away, Marchand just full out two hands and right in the back of the kidney to the point that Tavares fell down. Oh, and my God. So they got up and they were jarring, jawing back and forth at each other as they get to the bench and keep rest- my wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> right. It wasn't and me this the time. The refs got in. into it. the The refs were getting in there to try to break it up, and they didn't really show too much on on the replay of what. Like, I didn't have a chance to read his lips, but Marshawn said something to the ref. The ref didn't like and teed him up. He said some really. Thanks. He said some words that Luke Mann's children shouldn't repeat. <laughs> okay, and uh... and, <laughs> and then at. After that, as Marshawn's skating off the ice to go to the dressing room, he mouths back to the ref from across the ice. This is your fucking fault. No. So that's why he got 10? I no, think that was after he had got his 10. Dick oh would be God. your fault, you know? Like, <laughs> at, <laughs> uh. Okay. <laughs> but, that's, but that's like, that's my point again. It's like when I was talking about like, you know, this is the perfect opportunity for Boston to, to play their dirtiest, right? Because like we're still far enough away that like no one's going to, do anything to to be out the entire season right maybe you miss a couple games you miss a game but i was expecting boston to be this way right because like you want to tenderize the leafs for potentially playing them right like if you have to play them the first round you don't want them healthy right you want them down to four defensemen right which which they were i bet i bet keith was in the lock you know in the locker room just like hey uh any of you guys ever played defense before and kerfoot probably slowly raises his hand because he plays every position apparently but <laughs> But it's like, look, like that's what you want to do to the Leafs. Like, I, I don't like it, but like, look, like Marshawn taking those cheap shots and being all mouthy and dirty, like he'll gladly pay what I'm assuming is a hundred dollar fine, I think, for going going out tonight. It's like a hundred bucks, oh, I think. Probably. Yeah. It's like, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> but no, like, you're right. It's like both teams were trying to set the tone for potentially playing each other in the playoffs. And I think the addition of Michael Bunting to this team is really nice for playing against Boston. Just from looking at how this uh, breaks down penalty wise and what you guys are saying. I mean, to have well, and, a counter to this bullshit is nice. And to uh, I'm, I'm willing to admit it. Maybe I've been wrong on Justin Hall all year um elaborate like up until he got hurt he was actually playing fairly well tonight Mm -hmm. and he was laying the body like he was he was engaged so a a lot of times he was pulling the whole fanuff in toronto thing i don't know if it's the jersey number or what it is (laughs) but (laughs) just kind of skating around out there make a couple passes screw up a couple passes and call it a night but he was laying the body he was engaged tonight and it it was really nice to see and 
Labushkin. He was a huge difference maker for us before he left as well. Mm-hmm. Him and Riley are really clicking. I really hope he's not hurt. And then same as Giordano. I don't know if secretly maybe he's nasty or maybe it's his reputation in the league because he's been in it so long. But the Bruins kind of didn't do much when he was out on the ice, like extracurricular wise. That's good. That's good. Roscoe likes to hear so, that. But now yeah, that leaves it, that begs the question, like we must praise St. Dubis for what he's done with the defense, but then we also must criticize St. Dubis because our if Mrazic's actually out, which is something I pointed out a while back, we're actually fucked. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like let's, okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Let's finish off the third period. We'll, and then the, we have questions about this from people. That's why I don't, I don't want to blow this. Like great uh, game, but like, that's gonna here. like, don't let's not forget that fellas. Like, <laughs> so Lazar and Hall pick up uh, two more in the third period. But I mean, now that I know the least we're down to four defensemen, it kind of makes sense that they were burnt out and let a couple in. I don't, and it's Shalgren and, I can't really blame them for this. Like, what did these two goals look like? Um, Lazar's was was kind of bad. Okay. Um, I take of, it back. I think Shalgren was out of position, right? Like, he just kind of <laughs> kept his head tilted one way, and he got caught caught looking. Yeah, yeah. Lazard had come in kind of to the right and had a couple whacks at it. It had come out from behind the net, a couple whacks at it, and he didn't really seal the post off that great. It, it's it trickled in. Um. With Taylor Halls, it was basically, as I mentioned earlier, with Willie rushing into the net like a vintage Rick Nash. That's basically what Taylor Hall did. But as Taylor was cutting in across the ice, he shot it. It went in between Shalgren's pads, five hole. And then as he was coming across, he kind of kicked his pads and spun Shalgren around. Yikes. So it was initially waved no goal mm-hmm. immediately. They reviewed it, left it as no goal, and then Cassidy challenged it, saying oh there's no God. way, it, no way it was goaltender interference, and it got overturned. Uh, wh- How? Okay, <laughs> exactly. I, I think it's because it who does... did, who watched it the first time, and then who watched it the second time and changed their mind. Someone like, who had it, been does drinking. it not go to the same? Does it not and, go to the same situation room in Toronto both times? NHL officials did both times. Mm-hmm. How do you look at what? Oh my god, that doesn't even make sense. Like, no goal. Let's look at it. No, it's definitely no goal. Oh, the other coach thinks it might have been. Maybe we did fuck up. How? Oh my god. Uh, I think they just wanted to make it more competitive. <laughs> like the hockey's been cheap like that. I think they're just no. Like, and call me a conspiracy theorist, but it was getting hot in that stadium, and I think those fans needed something. And if it. If, if that's what was going to be like called a no goal on the ice, I think could have got really heated in there. You know, it was, it was bad. You know what? It was bad. Like you could hear it over the radio, how bad it was. You know what? That's not an awful take actually. It's, <laughs> it was Mexican radio. It was like, Oh, I could, I could feel it. I could, <laughs> it was spicy. Oh baby. So uh, what about the hall one? Was that just uh the, t- the Taylor Hall one, that's the one I was just saying when he cut in and his oh. skate clipped. Oh, okay, clipped okay, okay, gotcha. We're good. Okay, so let's go to questions. Um, John Tavares is elite at TML fan and van. I never heard um, of that guy before. Yeah, me neither. He hasn't been on the show before. 
Shout out to Marty. Thanks for sending us a question. If Mrazek is injured, who backs up Shelgren on Thursday? And uh, 34 Pauly says uh, Hutchison as the game is in Toronto. So I know Bean has an answer, but hear me out. This is my question to Bean. Why isn't it Carter Hutton? Like, why will isn't it not? Isn't he not in Canada? It doesn't matter. Still Put him on Tucson. a fucking plane. Put him on a plane. Send him back to Canada. Like, we, like, it's, it doesn't, tell me why that doesn't make sense. Because he's the only person who actually has experience, like, winning NHL games. Like, he, <laughs> I know he had a bad time in Buffalo, but he also had some pretty hot times in Buffalo, too, so. Yeah, yeah we're going to be on, was, like, our sixth goalie this year. That that was quite a while ago, and to be honest, at this point, I'd almost rather have Joseph Wall or um, call up Keith Pet- Petruzzi from the Growl- Newfoundland Growlers. Like, it's... It, what are you going to do? Like Hutchinson will be our backup for sure. I think Shalgren will start. Um, And then, yeah, go, go from there, take it day by day, but they absolutely cannot afford to rush Gamble back because of this. All I know is I had Hutton when he was on that like eight game win streak or something. So like, I'm going to be biased on this, but I would, I want him like, (laughs) I'd want to see him play. Like we, why did we take him then? Right? Like all these other guys are, you know, I don't know. I feel like he should he 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 deserves a chance at this point. Like Joseph Wall's injured. Is he still very injured? Joseph Wall excellent before leaving injured. Uh mm. March 19th. No, it's too soon then. So that's 10 days ago I'm assuming he's still out. And I kind of think Scott's still hurt too. I'm just trying to Scott's pull up. Scott's hurt. Uh, Shalgren's up on the team. Who the hell do the Marlies even have in net? Um Hutchinson. Oh boy. And How's they he have doing? Hutchinson, they have Tavin Grant. Taylor Joseph, and then they've called up Keith Petruzzelli. I literally have never heard of those last three people. If we win a Stanley Cup with Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> Where's Akhtiamov? He's still over in Russia. Ugh. He's like the best goalie prospect I think we have now. So Pet- Petruzzelli's one to watch. He's a big boy. He's six foot five. Ooh, nice. Um, So he's he, he's one that he, he was a, a make work project to try to salvage a career there so who knows maybe he even gets a chance to get called up okay who's who's who, what do we actually think is going to be the backup well, you said hutchinson probably hutchinson, hutchinson? yeah okay. unfortunately so who's playing Hopefully, for the marlies uh, then <laughs> so we have we literally have the two marlies goalies in that this sucks <laughs> who are we playing winnipeg oh this game's gonna be a nightmare <laughs> And knowing Winnipeg, they, they they will like they're probably chomping at the bit again just to like come out here and play rough, right? Like they literally have they froth at the mouth at the thought of beating the Leafs. It's like the only thing they care about. It's their Stanley Cup. So Taylor Joseph is in net right now for the Marlies, and he currently has nine saves on nine shots. Okay, cool. See if he can do it in the NHL. Like his entire uh, his entire career. <laughs> Great, we're, we're judging based off of nine, nine shots. shots in one game in the AHL. Love it. Um, <laughs> Mike at MTC underscore 80. Uh, how bad do both of you want Boston in round one? Me? My soul needs it. Go Leafs, go. I mean, after hearing how this went and seeing all these penalty minutes, I think it's going to be a fun matchup if we play them in the first round. I just don't really see how it could happen. Oh, it, it definitely could happen if you had... Uh, um... Tampa go for a little slide to fall down to a wild card and Toronto Boston finish two three. Fair. Because re- realistically, well, it's not a wild card in fourth, is it? Yep. 
top three oh. from each division make it, and then the best, the two best of the rest. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, first place the, the best wild card, and second place the other one. Yeah, or the other way around. But yeah, cool. Um, I would like to see it. I think over Florida and Tampa, I think it'd be fun and then play the winner of Tampa, um, Florida or Tampa and or no Florida. And then whoever the wild card they would face, who's the yeah, other one so in the other division. It all depends on who would finish top in the East. So Florida would either then play, um, Washington or whichever Atlantic team doesn't finish two or three. Yeah. I don't have the standings in front of me, but okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, so Luke, man, what are your superstitions? When we are up with a lead, I don't want to watch just in case we crater it. Congrats being on Beer League Championship 2022. Do you have any merch? <laughs> I mean, if I'm late <laughs> late to watch and we are uh, and we are ahead, I feel anxious about joining the watch party um, because I don't want to be the catalyst that makes us lose. So uh, what are your superstitions when it comes to 6-1 leads like this? I mean, after the Ottawa game... I mean, we've seen 3-1, 4-1, now 5-1. So I think like anything is possible. Hockey is hockey. I mean, literally Chicago was up 4 nothing over Buffalo last night and lost 6-5 to in regulation. No lead is safe. Never take your foot off the gas. Yeah, that's really the best advice. Um, Superstition-wise, I've kind of mellowed out a little bit as I'm as I'm getting older compared to you young pups. um i used to be ridiculous to the point of i had uh back when they were bab socks i had specific (laughs) bab socks that i would wear for every game um i've got those like oh i i do too they're now major league socks if i remember correctly i've got uh wendell clark johnny bauer joe bowen i'm ridiculous i got john john Tavares. all right so and yeah, but uh, super superstition wise, there's not too too much. If they go on a hot streak, and I was wearing a particular jersey that night, I'll try and wear it for a couple weeks. But <laughs> I like to do like oh, the, the baseball. Uh, like I'll do our little rally cap. I'll just uh, even if even if it's like especially if it's like on game seven, if it's my favorite hat, I'm like oh man. But I'll do it. I'll just fold it in on itself and wear it just because you know you got <laughs> to. Uh... First game in the playoffs last year, I was all geared up and I had my jersey on, my my Wendell Clark socks on, and I had my replica Marley's championship ring on, and then I had my Lilligren game game used gloves as well. Sick. So, but then Tavares got injured and I felt terrible and put it all away. <laughs> yeah, I had a uh, I posted it on my Instagram. I just tore everything down in my room it's like you put everything up for the playoffs then as soon as they lose that game it's just like fuck you fuck you fuck you <laughs> just throw everything into a box it was great i was packing up to move too and those were the only things i hadn't packed up yet so i got to throw them right into a box and tape it up and open them up four months later <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so that wraps up the game that wraps up our questions thanks so much for sending those in uh we are at 40 minutes already so let's uh we'll just kind of speed through these last things until our last one so just, uh, just a yeah. quick sorry um, tweet from Luke Fox. Morgan Riley spoke to Labushkin after the game. He said he quote he seems like he's going to be okay. Okay, so who replaces Justin Hall then? Well, they called up Dahlstrom on an emergency basis. Basis, sorry. So my first guess would be him. Yeah, I'm just thinking cap wise. Like if you're calling up 
somebody because they're not going on IR immediately, right? So if Morazic's down and he's only day to day, or if Hall's day to day, like they have no cap space. So I don't yeah. know if it's going to be emergency. You might not even be able to call up Hutchison, which was the point I was going to make earlier. Well, they, they'd have to be able to, even if it is emergency basis. Well, don't, especially something like that, right? But don't they have to pull... Because Hutchinson's actually on under contract. Don't they have to pull up somebody like they did with... What's his name? Um, that kid from Toronto, the University of Toronto that came in. Mm. Oh, maybe maybe for practice and that. But for the actual game. Because your cap is calculated um, daily, right? So, so why did that one happen then? Back back when they had called the university kid up? Yeah, like versus this. Like why? To, to save like 20 grand that day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, Isn't it like uh, 250 bucks they get if they, uh, you know, if they actually play or something? Well, it, yeah, yeah, for e-bugs and that. But um, what Johnny's talking about is they had the University of Toronto goaltender. Actually, he was there for a game too, but they had him at a couple practices. Oh, okay. Yeah, he so, played a game. Well, backed up. No, he backed up. He he said. He, oh yeah, he was only the backup, right? Yeah, but um, so since the cap is calculated on a daily basis, if you cannot have that player up on your roster for a day, then you can save twenty grand or, or whatever the percentage of that day's equivalent of their contract would be. That's why gotcha. you'll randomly see throughout the season the Leafs will throw someone down to the Marlies, and then back up to the Leafs before the next game. It's it sucks for the player because they take that that hit as a AHL salary for that day instead of NHL. Right. But then the Leafs also go and do it. They'll call up, like they called up Dahlstrom and Clifford before, not on emergency, for a couple days and then sent them back down just to give them a day here or there, mm-hmm. right? They're math man. Gotcha. They're good at it. You guys ever actually looked at a picture Brandon of Dahlstrom? Brandon good at it. He, he Dahlstrom looks like a leaf from the 1950s. Like he's 27 years old, but uh, he's got that old man hairline. All right. <laughs> Carl Dahlstrom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're a beauty, Dahlstrom, Sorry. but you, you, you know you, you look like uh, you've already got a 401k and you know four kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's my age. Holy. Yeah. Okay, so um, I just wanted I, to talk about. Okay, Sorry. Finish. Um. If if they did call someone up and it wasn't Dahlstrom, maybe give uh, Rubens another shot. He looked good earlier. Oh, true. Forgot about Rubens. Okay, cool. So we might see somebody interesting come up because I mean, Biega's gone now. So mm-hmm. I mean, and Dermot's gone. <laughs> oh shit. Un- unless a- unless Sandman comes back, but I don't think he's coming back yet. No, me neither. Okay, mm-hmm. so just to do a hard right into a little heartfelt baseball story that kind of a. Good story turned sad story turned back into a good story. Um, so, Dardiel, do you want to take over this at some point, or do you want me to just kind of well, do you, the thing and you can talk about? Oh well, yeah, you do your your news news uh, newscaster uh, headline. Okay, so Andrew, is it Tolles or Tolls, Darty? Um, that uh, you actually know that one. you you'll probably have a better better one on that than myself. I actually, that's the only thing I don't know is I've actually never heard his name said before, so I don't know how to pronounce it. So Andrew Tolls, I'll call him. Um, Alvin Andrew Tolls. Uh, it's tol- it should be Tolls. To yeah, it should be Tolls. Alvin Tolls. Yeah. Okay, so um, Andrew Tolls was selected by um, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. 
<laughs> it's for you, Darty, in uh, 2012. <laughs> and uh, kind of struggled to make it into the majors for a couple of years. He was eventually in 2015 released by Tampa after spending a lot of time in the uh, with the Gulf Coast Rays, rookie leagues and things. So uh, fast forward to 2015, three years after he's drafted, he gets signed to the Dodgers. Begins, you know, 2016 in their uh, in their minor system, going through Double uh, A and everything, Triple A, and makes his way up finally to the Dodgers, where he just goes on an absolute tear and finishes the season with like, what does he finish the season with batting a three fourteen in forty eight games with three home runs and sixteen RBIs, and the postseason was batting three sixty four. Like, just an absolute Cinderella story rookie year in the majors. Um, he kept it up for part of the next season, and then he got injured and uh, tore his ACL, season-ending surgery, and really never recovered from it. And after that um, is where it gets sad, unfortunately, where he battled with uh, mental health issues, uh, checked himself into um, a treatment center in 2015 and 2016, uh, he was dealing with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, and um, then in June 2020, was arrested on a misdemeanor and trespassing when he was found homeless behind the Key West Airport. So it's just really unfortunate um, fall from professional baseball, and uh, the where this story takes a bright turn is this Thursday, the Dodgers reached out and actually um, signed him to a deal just to give him access to all of their health insurance and and uh, different facilities. So they're, um, you know, trying to lend him a hand here. So really nice move by the Dodgers. Got to give them a little uh, a little shout out for that. No, it's an absolutely classy move. And it uh, is obviously very um, reminiscent of what happened with uh, uh, Delonte West uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Mark Cuban. Uh, Delonte West himself, he was found uh, panhandling and, uh, and and homeless. And, uh, you know, the Mavericks uh, uh, Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, kind of picked him up from a gas station. It was like, look, let's get let's get you better. Let's get you back up, up off your feet. Right. And I think from there, I, I like I like to say that sometimes it takes one like, you know, it takes a moment like that to change kind of like the, you know. The way people see things, right? And Mark Cuban, you know, anybody, if you know who Mark Cuban is, if you don't know who Mark Cuban is, I'm sure you'll probably know him from Shark Tank. Uh, Shark Tank, exactly, right? He's the one that's like not nearly as much of an asshole as uh, <laughs> Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think like that move kind of set the tone for taking care of your uh, your players, your your warriors, right? Like not everybody's going to be, you know, LeBron James. They're not always going to be your. Uh, triple a all-stars but there's people who make their way through the roster that still have uh you know they were still they still played the game they're still there for your team at some point right and they don't i don't think they necessarily deserve to be you know on the streets uh looking for scraps like nobody does right but it hurts more when it's you know you're an organization and you kind of you know see that so good for the dodgers because uh i actually don't know too much about alvin tolls i uh uh, you asked me about Cody Bellinger. I'll tell you everything about Cody Bellinger. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, as I said, for especially a team like the Dodgers, who probably has the one of the highest payrolls in, in baseball, like um, it's good that they can make a move like that and you show that it's, you know, it's, yeah, you you can spend money to build your team, but you can also spend money to build a community, right? Like that's, I think that's, that's nice. I think that's number one right there. And 
yeah, it feels good for me. It said like I'm a I'm a huge Blue Jays fan, but when the Blue Jays are out, I'm sure just like any any hockey player or you know t- fan of a team that follows, uh, you know, you want you want to follow somebody. I've always been a big fan of the Dodgers because of that. Because when the Blue Jays don't make them, okay, let's go let's go see what the Dodgers are doing. And uh, yeah, I've always found they're a pretty classy organization. I don't know, they kind of got screwed out of <laughs> out of two uh, World Series and. Uh, you know, Darty kind of knows how it feels to be screwed out of things because, as a Leafs fan, we've been screwed out of several uh, first first rounds uh, in in our own ways, right? I don't necessarily consider it cheating. You know, ho- hockey has its own way of cheating, I guess, though. But yeah, you know. yeah, it's uh, it's a real eye opener to that. Just being in the majors or getting drafted isn't just a ticket to being a millionaire for the rest of your life. You know, it's it's still a lot of work, and there's people that deal with things that you know, you're fighting through, like, you never know what athletes are dealing with underneath behind the scenes, anything. I mean, look, we've seen Carey Price hasn't played all year, like people, people are dealing with things. And it's just, it's good that everybody's open to supporting everybody. And, you know, nobody's, nobody's swinging at these guys for, you know, oh, this, you know, this guy fell out of the majors, and now he's homeless. It's like, no, everyone's happy to hear that, you know, the Dodgers are reaching out and, and lending him a hand because he really needs it right now. And and the thing is, too, is like, we always complain about how much um, uh, these athletes are paid, right? But the thing is, like, not every athlete gets that golden ticket, right? Like, you know, exactly. There's there's guys who, who you know, on their own hubris lose that golden ticket, or maybe they got it and they, they, they Mike Tyson their way out of their money, right? Like it just happens. Like no, we, we're not all born with the, the innate ability to, uh, you know, be thrifty or be, uh, you know, make good choices, right? You, you give anybody money and they'll find a way to blow it if you have the right vice or the right conditions or the right whatever, especially, you know, living in some of these cities where there's, you know, lots of ways to get your money taken from you right so yeah i mean it sucks that aside from even just blowing money he he was injured he tore his acl and was diagnosed with two things on top of that so like i can't imagine being a schizophrenic bipolar and then having mm-hmm. a season ending surgery in the majors after your best season it's like that i i don't doubt that that was impossible to recover from and I'm, I'm just glad that this has a happy ending now or at least happier it just like any could have been anybody who's ever an athlete doesn't matter whether you're paid one dollar or you know you you were do- donating your time right like uh you all we we all feel for like the booby miles kind of story right like from friday night lights because that's a real story right that actually happened right the guy in high school i uh, think he blew his acl right like and that was it game's over you know, you're, you know, he ended up being a garbage man, right? It's just nothing wrong with being a garbage man. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, getting to play sports, regardless of what you get paid or what it's, it's a, it's a privilege, right? You don't know what your body's yeah. going to be able to do. And it hurts. It's, it's like, you know, losing, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, right? And like, I always feel like no matter whether I lose a leg or, you know, if I start slowly going a little bit uh, with the dementia, maybe <laughs> uh, I'd still be able to act right. Like in the end, like I've seen, I've seen some actors who can barely read a script and they still go out there and they can still, <laughs> they can still do it. But uh, you lose your, <clears> you, <throat> lose your you lose your legs, you lose your arms, you know, you, you, you break, you, you know, you bust a gut, you <laughs> like um, Razak out there and you never know, it might be your last game and that's, and you still got another maybe 40 years left of your life, 40, 50, 60 years, <laughs> you know, to exist. What are you going to do? Right. So, it's good. Again, yeah, go back. It's to, why I don't. Oh, no, go. Sorry. No, just to put a nail in the, in the point, you know, to move on to our next topic is that like, it's good to see that, you know, a team 
is showing awareness of that, right? I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we can all say, oh, you know, maybe they're just doing it as a publicity sign. But at the end of the day, like this helps that 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 man, right? Like he he has nowhere to go but up from here. So they said that's this is good and I'd like to see more of it. That's that's what I gotta say. Yeah. And I mean just to tie it back into hockey, it's why you gotta give guys like Chara credit for knowing that like while my body is still able to do this and while I'm still in the headspace to do this, I have to keep doing it because you know, there's guys that he's probably seen guys injured in their twenties that never played in the NHL again, or, you know, he's played with generations of players and he's still there. So, you know, it's, <laughs> he's also you know injured I mean? generations of players. <laughs> that too. That too. Shout out to Max Pacioretty who is made of glass now because of him. Or like even look at Spezza during the whole COVID yeah. thing. And when the AHL salaries got slashed and Spezza spearheaded, that all like all the Leafs players pitching in so that the Marlies players didn't lose their salaries. Yeah, forgot about that. That was a really big move. Oh, that, that was huge. And it's not like Spez is making $12 million. Spez is making the same amount as some of these AHL guys, and he's donating back to them because they're at different stages of their lives, and it means a lot more to them. Of course. Yeah, I mean, his, he made enough money over enough time that he's invested it. He's fine. He knows he's fine. But no, it's, again, you never know when it's going to end. You never know how much you're going to make in your career. So just uh, take it while you can. Absolutely. Shout out, shout out to all the pro athletes that uh, might listen to this podcast. So Spe- um, Speaking of career, yeah. one's, one's just getting underway. Hopefully he takes uh, Mr. Clifford's spot on Thursday. One of the f- most fun names to say coming up, Nick Abruzzese. How are we going to fit that on a jersey? <laughs> People have been saying that weird too. I've heard Abruzzi's, I've heard uh, Abruzzese, I've heard uh, Abruz, Abruzzi's. I've heard Abruzzese's. Abruzzese's. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, you I'm guys sure were having a hard enough time with Kasha and, and Ka- I think it was just Kasha. We were saying Kasha, Kashi, Kasho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we changed it a lot. Whole, hall. There's a lot of um, so yeah, n- another Harvard boy, Dubis, going after his uh, his h- hockey IQ. So this was a, a late fourth round pick by the Leafs in 2019. Stealing and, you guys, Boston. Yeah, he's not not a very big kid, but the speed, the skill. He's. I don't want to do this comparison because he isn't going to hit that level, but he is a, a similar mold to like a Marner. Ooh, like he can okay. read. He's not going to hit that level. Don't no, I mean, just like playing me, style-wise. But... <laughs> um, he reads the play reads the play really, really well. Great hockey IQ. He's he's fast, you know, good passing. So this was that draft where Dubas started to try to fix everything that Mark Hunter fucked up. So, <laughs> so instead of just drafting someone because they have a big body, even though they yeah. can't skate, he drafted people who knew the game and knew how to play it, and then they can work on everything else. Exactly. So where did you I mean you say filling in for Clifford, but I don't feel like Abrazazes is a fourth line guy. No, no, no. I don't think like he was skating on the fourth line this morning. Um, but I, ideally, it's the problem with this lineup. You've got Nyes, you've got Robertson, you've got Abrazazes, and none of them are really third and fourth line guys. Like, how do you fit them in? But what's what's Keith been stressing over the last couple of days is he wants to get that fourth line rolling. He wants okay. to get to a point where he's like Tampa 
and all four lines are just rolling. And if you can have legitimate offensive threat on all four lines. I mean, if the fourth line's like Kerfoot in the center with Abrazazes and I don't know who's is Abrazazes left or right? He's left. Well, okay, sorry, so he he shoots left. So it is left I'd, wing. I'd have to watch double check some clips. I think he plays on the left side, but okay. Okay. And um, unfortunately, we got to end on a sadder note. Um, as I was leaving work last night at about uh, 11, got an update that uh, Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, has passed away at 62 years old. So this is a sad day in Ottawa as he, I mean, he brought hockey back here in 2003. Um, we hadn't had a team here in, like, what was it, 100, almost 100 years or more than 100 years. And re, uh, I mean, started the battle of Ontario really. Cause that wasn't a thing before. So yeah, he, a lot of things to the hockey world. The, the team was going into bankruptcy. So they were actually back. Sorry, Johnny. They're actually back in, in 93. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Thanks. And then, nope, nope. I hate to do it, but me being me. Um, and then, yeah, so they were being so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. 2003, obviously they were here before that. I'm not talking about they, um, you yeah, weren't here before bankruptcy. that. <laughs> we're, we're 94 babies, all right? That's that's why, Beaner. God, you guys make me feel old. Um, Sorry. And yeah, he, he saved the team and he kept them there. And he was a little unorthodox. And he definitely did things that fans did not like. But hey, I, I despise the Senators. Absolutely despise them. But you can't have a Battle of Ontario without them. So it's... Uh, condolences out to the Melnick family because that's something that you definitely do not want to see especially that young yeah and sorry yeah just to correct what I said earlier he purchased it in 2008 he saved it he didn't bring it back you know yeah back um it was on life support one, I guess right one thing that uh we should touch on that can end it on a little lighter note cool um yesterday the Premier Hockey Federation, the women's professional team or professional league had their championship final. Oh, yeah. And the Boston Pride defeated the Connecticut Whale 4 2 to win back to back. Shit. Shoot. That's so, sick. unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I've, I've seen a lot of stuff about it on Twitter and. Yeah, we we need to. We're gonna try to make a little bit better effort in the coming months and weeks and years, and to do any little thing we can to try to help grow awareness for the women's game too, because it's well, damn good hockey. Because the thing is, yeah. we, you know, we seem to love it every four years, but if we want if we want to continue that, we gotta you know start trying to love it at least you know a couple more days out of the three hundred and sixty five that we have, right? Hey, yeah, I, and- I love all hockey, and it's legitimate hockey, so. Yeah, it's just it's the difficulty of accessing it that makes it annoying right now. But uh, you know, now that I'm working, I'll uh, on the weekends I'll try to catch them because, like, yeah, like you said, Justin, I want to start bringing that to the show because uh, there's lots of hockey to talk it's, about. Speaking of things to bring to the show, right? So I'll be the first <laughs> to admit when I'm wrong and do so- and say something boneheaded, which I do a lot. All right, so it's not a rare dirty L. But I'd like to bring up on the last episode that I was having a huge brain fart and I got my cities mixed up so 
I assumed in my head, because uh, not a lot of things work there, that Minneapolis, St. Paul was not as heavy of a populated city because for some reason I was thinking of Green Bay. I don't know why, right? Because I have I also think of football. So Minneapolis, St. Paul has around two million in the city alone in the in the, in, the, in their greater area. So they're actually pretty damn close to the GTA actually in size. All right, so they're not a small yes. market. I did say they were a small market, so I will take this L and wear it proudly. But uh, what about <laughs> if we're talking about hockey markets? That would you know because we're t- we talked about how uh, Melnick saved. Um, uh, the Ottawa Senators. The one thing that I I was blown away with that I didn't know is that the team could have gone to Hamilton. I didn't know that was even a, it was even a possibility. I love saying that we should put a team in Hamilton, but there was very real po- talks and possibilities that 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 Ottawa Senators team was going to go to Hamilton. Really? Yes. Ottawa. Um, the Coyotes were going to go there. There was talk the Penguins might go there. They're back in the nineties, the St. Louis blues were almost became the Saskatoon blues like it. So my question is for you fellas, what is a small market that you think could do 10 times better than the entire state of Arizona? A market that currently doesn't have a team, a market, a small market that currently doesn't have a team that could kick. And I mean, small market, like we're not talking like a million people, right? We're talking like we're talking great, you know, Green Bay Packers size, you know, they they're technically a small market team, Green Bay, because their actual team is in the middle of fuck fuck nowhere. (laughs) I I just said it, Saskatoon. I was, yeah, I was going to say Saskatoon too. 100% Saskatoon berries. Why doesn't Saskatchewan have a team? Because everybody is so spread out, it would take four hours to get to a game. Well, I mean, now that you've got Winnipeg back, does it not make sense to throw Winnipeg in there with Calgary and Edmonton and Edmonton, Calgary and Calgary and Edmonton? <laughs> I love that video. Um, Do yeah, they have a really I, great I, like football team, <laughs> like CFL team? <laughs> Re- yeah. Regi- Regina does, yeah. And fans love it. Like It's supposed to be one of the best atmospheres in the entire league. Oh, wait, it's the Saskatchewan plays in. Oh, yeah, it's not the Saskatoon. Yeah, right. Gotcha. It's the, it's, um, the, it's the town that sounds a lot like another item on the human body. If you happen to know. <laughs> yeah, that one article uh, area. <laughs> other th- I'd say outside of Canada, if we're going American, I would say either. I don't know, New Orleans, Kansas City. Mm. I just feel like if they're not hockey, t- like I don't think you can. It's probably got to be somewhere north. I don't know, Vermont, Maine. Yeah, somewhere in get Maine some, might be a good one. Get something on the northeast side. Maine will work because one, you get like you get U.S. dollars, but you probably be able to pull in a lot of Canadians too, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. get a rivalry going with Montreal, and you'd get like all the kind of like the New York Islanders effect where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we're far enough away that, you know, we can have our own team and be the underdogs and say, fuck New York <laughs> and New Jersey and Pittsburgh. And like, there's so many teams in that area that I think it would work. Yeah, absolutely. So there our two picks are Maine and Saskatoon. <laughs> cool. And uh, so the, the GM meetings are down in Florida right now. Oh Yeah. And it was announced that the cap is going up by $1 million next year. Oh. Um, and Batman being typical Batman that apparently no one has talked to him about trying to improve 
on the LTIR loophole or anything like that. So they've been digging into a lot of that stuff right now. But as of right now, there's been no confirmed changes that are going to happen. But there is a incredible sound clip that I'm going to try to play for you of it's our Kyle beloved Dubas. Kyle Dubas. <laughs> I love this so much. Someone decided to ask him about officiating. <laughs> officiating. Um, uh, everything's great with officiating. <laughs> that is somebody with a gun to their head. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was, there what was would a leak you like him there. to say, right? Like without. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a leak out there too where Batman had warned everybody that there would be substantial fines if anything was talked about. It's not public. It's in a meeting with the other GMs. When are we supposed to talk about it then? Yep. Like if it's don't go public with it because we don't want people to get mad at refs. Okay, when can we talk about it then? Never? Cool. How about don't go public <laughs> we need a new with like trade information then, right? Like, like. <laughs> Right? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Batman Davidson. is so bad at this, man. Oh, but the thing about the LTIR change is they can't just make a decision at this GM meeting because the NHLPA would have to sign off on that and they would say, yeah. go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Like, we don't get paid in the playoffs. We're not, like, why would there be a salary cap in the playoffs if you're not going to pay us? We would mm-hmm. like our salaries then to extend into the playoffs if you want to do that. And the owners are going to say, no way. So, that's it. End of discussion. Because <laughs> you'd see players like prorating whatever they get per game based on their salary added to the end of the season. So you're turning like Austin Matthews salary into like a 17 million deal if they get into the second or third round. That's not going to happen. Yep. So we're at a minute and five. And uh, I don't know if we still have any more big topics to crush before we uh, close off. But uh, we're starting to get a little too... Uh, um, Little, little too, you know, fun and fran- fancy free here. When we have a really big discussion about, uh, you know, did Kyle Dubis screw up? Did he? Did he make a poor choice in not picking up a goaltender? I think we need to have that last question like defined because, like, it may define the next, you know, what is it, eighteen games. It may define the next 18 games, but him not moving the draft picks of those prospects will define the next 10, 15 years of this team. And yeah. I think that's what he's more concerned about is he's not, he doesn't care about, you know, if they don't make this, I'm going to get fired. Like he actually is trying to be a good GM and not letting context influence his decisions. And I think he's just going to make the same moves that he would at this deadline as he would at the year before. It's just looking at the team and what do they need to improve? We have the goaltenders that we have. And if the only one available is Marc-Andre Fleury and it costs a first and uh, Matthew Nyes and plus, 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 then we can't do that. Yeah. Like I, I, I absolutely yeah. have to agree with you there, Johnny. Um, with how Labushkin's played since he's come in and how Giordano's played since he's come in, like the Leafs are at a 79% expected goals when Giordano's on the ice in his four games. Like that's huge. He has completely settled everything down in the back end. And I'm a lot more comfortable with Mrazek or Shalgren. Dare I say it, Hutchinson, with this decor than I was in October. Those goalies in this decor just beat Boston and Florida. That's kind of where I'll leave it. Like we yeah. don't this this defensive core has been able to protect whatever goalie they put in net. And I think that's what 
Dubas was trying to achieve is like, if I can't get a goalie, I need to basically be able to throw like Steve Breer in net and we'll be okay. I've I've got got Toronto colored gear. I'll be there in an hour. Hey, Kevin Weeks, let's get him on the ice again. No, but I I think he made a a good move and just like, if we don't have a solid back end, let's just build a wall in front of him until the other guys come back. And uh, I think Jack will be fine. Fingers crossed. We're at the two week mark, I think, or almost on his two week estimated return. So hopefully within the next couple of games, we see him come back. Mm hmm. So, so here, here's a scary thought for you. So I just, uh, I completely forgot that uh, Boston had uh, uh, Linus Allmark in that tonight. And wouldn't it be so grand if something crazy happened and in the playoffs, it was the Leafs with, uh, said Leafs with Hutton in net and Boston with Olmark in net. And ba- oh my God. Battle of, the, battle of the former Buffalo Sabres tendies. Well, at, at least yeah, they'll make Taylor it when Hall the f- out there too. Yeah, and they'll make the playoffs, and the former Sabres captain won't even do that. Oh my god! If they miss the playoffs, Ooh. that's going to be such a disaster. Like, oh, I, I I can't even get into the Vegas Golden Knights right now. Okay, that's it for tonight. Hour and uh, nine minutes will do it. Thanks so much for joining me, guys, and filling me in on the game I missed. Um, have a good night. We'll see you on Saturday, I guess. Ciao. Where's our where's our outro music, Johnny? God <laughs> damn it. <laughs>